Amen. God bless you. You give him one more praise and then you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God bless you, worship team. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Hey, it's not every day we baptize two believers in water, take in three new members, have 10 people, even children on a missions trip and youth testifying that they had a wonderful time serving. I mean, that's a message this generation needs to hear. Amen. So I'm not sure why you're all closed up and quiet. Maybe your throat is closed up because you're sick too. So if you, if you could just wave your Kleenex, do what you got to do. But, uh, how many know it's time for the word of the Lord? There you go. Thank you, Pastor Bear. I got a towel up in the, in the heavens up there, up in the, in the balcony. We, um, we want you to know I have a problem. The quieter it gets, the longer I preach. Didn't work. You won't be here a while. I just want to talk to you a few, a few minutes here. If we can get ready, Pastor Tyler, we're thankful. Talk to you. We've been in a series on the Holy Spirit. Say, Pastor, last week you talked about a Caleb spirit. Listen, it's really not about Caleb. It's not about Joshua. And today it's not about David or Goliath. How many know it's about God? It's about the Holy Spirit of God that is infiltrating his people to help them stand bold and courageous in the face of the enemy. So today uh, we just give you the brief uh, synopsis and review of last week in case you were out. We talked about a Caleb spirit, a courageous man who went against the majority. He stood against those who spoke against God, who said God couldn't give us the land that he said he would give us. Can I tell you, God can do whatever God said he could do. I mean, you don't have to be confused or try to be persuaded. He is God. Amen. And Caleb believed God's promise in the face of the giants. It was all about perspective. He gave a positive report that God was able to help them take possession of the land. He refused to conform to the negative talk. You know, it got kind of quiet last Sunday. And I'm not certain why, but, uh, how I many know nobody really talks under the knife of surgery? When you're under the surgery knife, nobody's talking. You're actually out. Like some of you. Nudge your neighbors say, wake up. You're not having surgery today. You're not under anesthesia. Wake up and listen to the word of the Lord because we're about to give it to you. And if you're excited about that, say amen. Caleb's perspective caused him to see things differently. He had a different spirit. He had a different speech. His talk was different. His life was different. He had something different about Caleb's spirit. And it was the Holy Spirit that hovered over him and anointed him. Back in the Old Testament, he was different than all the others. He knew. He knew he was empowered by the Spirit. And God's looking for people of the Spirit this morning. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so... This not the spirit of this world. It's the power of God. And if you're born again, how many believe God wants you to live in victory? It's God's will that you live in victory. You are God's people. You are God's prophetic people called out of darkness into his marvelous light to affect change everywhere you go. When you walk in the room, the atmosphere ought to change. You can be effective for God and you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So. Today, our topic is David, a David spirit in a Goliath world. Let's see if we got this. David has a man after God's own heart. He's got so many things inside of his mind. He's a warrior. 
He's also a worshiper. Isn't that something? I mean, you can be a warrior and a worshiper. And if you were a worshiper, listen, you would turn into a warrior. Because there's a lot of warriors out there that never learned how to worship. You got to have worship. When, when Moses stood at the burning bush, God, he was speaking to God there, right, in the presence of God. And God said, hey, son, take your shoes off. The place you're standing is holy ground. I mean, oh, you take your shoes off when you come in to worship. You put your shoes on when you go out to do the work. And you need both. Warrior on the field needs warrior boots, right? Shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But you have to come in to worship. And when you walk out, you serve, right? And so he's a worshiping warrior. He has all kinds of things going on in his mind. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit. Samuel came, took the least of all the five brothers, and he anointed him with oil. And he, uh, at a young age, was called, separated, set apart for the use of God. And I believe every one of us in this place have a destiny. I said, I believe all of us have a destiny, a plan that God has for our lives. And so today we're going to deal with David's spirit in a Goliath world. Now, Goliath was a pagan, a giant, uh, Goliath. Uh, he was causing the entire army of God to stand uh, powerless in fear, much like what the church world is doing today, allowing the secular culture, the godless culture, to make us stand cowardly in fear when we ought to be speaking and shouting back to the giant. I said, somebody needs to hear me today. The church needs to stand and be counted. The church needs to stand up. You don't have to be intimidated by the world, the spirit of the world, with the spirit of Goliath. We should be people of the spirit like David. And it's not about your size. It's not about your pedigree. It doesn't matter how many uh, degrees you got behind your name. How many know it's the Holy Spirit of God that's going to equip the church to take the stance that God has for us in this day? So this pagan giant was intimidating to people of God. And at this point, all he was doing, all he was doing was shouting at them, much like I'm shouting at you because I'm wanting a response. But God told me 20 years ago, you can keep shouting. They're not going to respond to you, sir. But I still sweat and spit and shout, and you still look at me in amazement. Here we are. But at this point, all Goliath did was shout, and this was not a one-time shout or a one-time threat. Every day for 40 days, he stood and shouted out threats to the people of God, to the army of God, to King Saul and Jonathan and all the prepared warriors who trained to go out to battle. And they are intimidated and they are full of fear at one giant, one Philistine was shouting 40 days every morning, every evening. He'd come out and they listened to this giant taunt them night and day and tell them that their God was not any uh, God at all, but not one of them moved out. Not one of them stepped out to fight. Verse 11 says they began to fear. They began to fear. Intimidated by one voice, by one giant who stepped out in the valley every day for 40 days and nighttime he'd come back out. Hey, do you have a man? Listen, our army's not going to fight your army. Just give us one man. 
I'll stand here and represent the Philistine nation. You send us one person. Whoever wins that, wins the war. And not a one man stood out. Not a one person stood up. Isn't that how it is today? Satan comes and shouts intimidation, insults us, cancels us, if you please, all day, all night, all you hear. If you have an opinion, how I many know they'll shut you down? You can't say anything, you'll be judged. There's always people on this side, there's people on that side. How I many know I'm looking for the one who's on the Lord's side? Amen? This is not a political issue. How I many know this is between God and the enemy? This is whose God is going to lead. And so he makes us feel like our battles are impossible to win. This giant, this intimidating voice, this shout. And it's beyond our capacity to stand and fight. And giants, that's what they do. They come to intimidate us. It's a seed. It's a seed that begins in the mind. How many negative thoughts, how many negative voices, how many negative words did you hear all week that brought you here to church and you couldn't even get a praise? You couldn't even lift a praise to the Lord because you're so intimidated. Your mind is so depressed, so defeated. Some of it is self-defeat. Some of it is defeated by the voices of the culture and the world. But how many know you are God's people and you have a right to shout? Come on, you are God's people, and you are God's prophetic voice to the nations, and no one can silence you. And if you don't cry out, how many know the rocks and the trees will cry out? Somebody's going to praise the Lord. And at the end of the day, as the day of the Lord approaches, how many know there's going to be a church somewhere praising God? Not intimidated, not hunkering down, scared, shaking in their boots. That's not the picture of the church of the last days. Come on, church. It flows. It starts in the seed of the mind and it flows to your mouth. If you believe that you're defeated, you begin to talk like you're defeated. Look how big he is. And, and, and the people of the army of Israel are talking amongst themselves. Oh my. And even Saul tries to conjure it up. Hey, uh, I'll give you stuff. I'll give you half the kingdom. I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, one of my daughters hand him. I'll give you anything. Just go stand before this Goliath. They said, we're no dummies. Because they looked, they looked through the eyes of the world and they had the wrong perspective. How many know you, if you're going to face a giant, you have to face it with the eyes of a faith perspective. How many know you got to get heavenly eyes on this earthly giant? You got to have a David spirit to face a Goliath world. And that's what's going on. And so if you think defeat, if it starts in your mouth, how many know it'll go to your moods? It goes to your moods. Now you're frightened. Now you'll never be anything. You listen to the lies. Listen to the voices. Listen to all the stuff going on. The church today is anemic. The church today is never going to make it. How many know the devil is a liar? There is a church. There is a remnant. I said there is a people of God that's going to stand up in the last days. See that? That's called talking back to a lying devil. Because he's always lying. If you ever wonder when the devil's lying... Listen to the preacher. Every time he's opening his mouth, he's lying. You have to wonder about it. Day and night, he came out and he criticized their God and he intimidated their army and he told them their God's no God. Dagon is the God. Dagon. Goliath's God. Remember what happened to Dagon. We don't want to get into that. That's a different sermon altogether. 
But if you think, if you think defeat, you need to cover your mouth before you begin to speak. Just, if it's in your brain, just muzzle your, your mouth. Because how many know whatever's in your brain is going to come out of your mouth? Whatever you filter through your ear is going to come out of your mouth. And if it comes out of your mouth, then you begin to believe it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing. So you put the word of God through your ears. Then how many know the word of God will come out of your mouth? Then you'll have a feeling about it. It's going to be a feeling of faith. It's going to be faith perspective, not fear. And you'll stand in the face of adversity and say, I can win. I will win instead of being defeated. I challenge you to refrain from stinking thinking this week and what it does before you open your mouth and self-defeat. Some people self-defeated. I told you last week, some people take them till noon to put a smile on their face. They're not happy at all. Well, how's it going? I'm I'm not going to make it. The devil don't even need to tempt them. They already, I'm getting, here you go. White, white flag. So I surrender. I'm not going to make it. I mean, no, he's already got you. I said, you're already self-defeated. And you know what else? Self-deception is worst deception there is. It's one thing to be deceived by enemy. It's another to deceive yourself and to start believing lies. Here's what happens. Your mind begins to overtake your spirit. What your mind begins to believe becomes more powerful to you than what your spirit knows to be true. And so your mouth opens up and your moods follow. And, uh, and so I challenge, I challenge you. Giants do shout. Yes, they do. They're bullies. Peyton was dealing with bullies this week. They're bullies out there. How many know there's a real bully? It's not your kids at school. It's not your boss at work. It's not your coworker. It's not your church member. How many know the real bully is Satan? And he's always shouting and he's always trying to intimidate. But how many know we shout too? I said, warriors shout too. How many know we have a war cry as well? But only one was coming out every day. 40 days. Dagon is God. Reminds me of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. If your God is God, let him show forth. If, if Baal's God, then he'll show forth. How many know Elijah won that battle? And just like David. What giants are you facing today? Are there health issues? You're never going to make it? You're always going to be sick. The last since I got back from Fiji, I've been sick. How many know there's just sickness in the air? I'm not deathly sick. I'm not contagious. It's just, it's just ragweed. How many know this time of the year, everybody's sick? Maybe that's what's up. You're, you're sore throat and you can't talk. I don't know. Something's going on. But if I hear you shouting at the ball game after church, I'm going to nail you. I mean, now you choose what you shout about. Amen. There you go. If you can't shout in church, you better not shout at the baseball game. That's all I'm trying to say. Go Cardinals or Royals or whatever heathens you follow. Health issues, financial issues, relationship issues. What is it? Is it your emotions? Is it your body? Is it your mind? Is it failure? Is it anger? What is shouting at you? You have to identify the giant in your mind. Before you can attack it. So what's the giant shouting at you about? Maybe some of these things. You're not qualified. Pastor Ron, you're not qualified. Well, too late. The devil already told me that 40 years ago. But God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Come on now. And so you're not qualified. Or or you're not good enough. Or, Or you can't pay your bills. 
You're never going to get this. You're never going to get that. You can't save your marriage. You're, you're losing your kids. We're losing a generation. We're losing the church. How many know the devil's always threatening? Because he knows he's the loser. The church doesn't lose. Did anybody read the end of the book? We win. Redemption wins. Salvation wins. Victories for the believer. But the devil's always lying. You're losing your kids. You can't stop your habits. You can't shake your past. How many feel like it's time to shout back at the devil? Shouts of praise. Come on, lift your hand. Start shouting some shouts of praise. Come on, shout to our God. Give him a shout of praise. Tell him, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Tell him, no weapon, no weapon that's t- that farms against me is going to prosper. You got to learn how to talk back. All we do is listen and put all that garbage in. Put all that garbage in. Remember last week, the receptacle, the garbage dump? We take it all in, but we don't know how to stand and give it back. We have to, we have to give back. Here's a few lessons from overcomer through the power of the spirit. It's not David. It's, it's God. Amen. So number one, everybody has giants. Everybody has giants and they love to shout. Look at the verse. David was a man after God's own heart. He talked about it. Creating me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit in me. Right. Do, do not cast away, uh, cast your servant away from your presence and do not, capital do not, take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy. And look at that. Of your salvation. How many know the salvation belonged to God and He gave it to us? It's a gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't get good enough. How many know while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you and for me? It's nothing we did. It's the Holy Spirit that we succumbed to, that we yielded to, and we followed God, and then we bowed our knee and said, you're going to be my God, your salvation. I receive the joy. Some of you lost your joy. You lost your joy. You lost your shout. You lost your bounce. You lost your zeal. You're listening to all these negative things, and it almost infiltrates your brain. Now you walk in depression instead of a victory. How many know that's got to change? COVID put a mojo on our culture today. Nobody can go to church. Everybody's depressed. Everybody's sick. How many know that's a lie? I said, there's somebody here today. If you're in church today, you should shout amen. COVID doesn't take it away. It only reveals what was already there. Some people who are not in church today, some are sick and some are, uh, are on vacation, some are whatever. But how many know if you're just sitting home doing nothing, it never was God's plan for you to do church online. Ever. God said, David said, I loved it. How beautiful, how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters come together in unity. It was church. It's church. How many still believe in church? So we can encourage each other. So we can shout together. We are the army of God. Not cowering back and shaking in our boots from one giant, but coming in together with the voice of praise and power. Telling the devil where he belongs. Evidently, he forgot, so we have to remind him. Amen? And so everybody has giants. <laughs> First Samuel, let's take a look at it. Uh, Restore unto me, and I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners shall convert. And return to the Lord. Look at this. 
17th chapter, 1 Samuel. And when the words of David spoke were heard, then the man reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Saul sent for David, and David said to Saul, Let no man's courage fail because of this man, Goliath. Your servant will go out and fight with this Philistine. Isn't that powerful? Here's a little young boy with cheese and crackers on assignment from his father to feed the army. You know what Pastor Ron's assignment is this morning? Just a little boy with crackers with the word of God coming to feed the army of God. That was all I'm doing. And if there's a devil in your way, how many know I'm ready to shout at him? You get back away from God's people. How many know a pastor ought to be taking care of it? Here you go. I'm going to take care of that lion. I'm going to take care of that bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine is about to get it too. That's what you do when you're standing in the face of adversity. You don't let all that stuff get you. You're called, set apart, part of the army of God. I'm encouraging you today. Open your mouth and praise the Lord. He said, you come at me with sword and javelin, with fleshly armor and weapons. But I come at you in the name of the Lord. It's not about you and me. It's not about David and Goliath. It's about the Holy Ghost. The empowerment. The empowerment comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look what, look what uh, Goliath said to David. Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? I mean, Goliath really thought he had this one. I'm sure Satan thought he had Jesus when he was on the cross too. And I'm sure Satan thought he had Paul when he was in the Philippian jail. Now, how many know our God still can shake all the world? He can make an earthquake happen and shake everything until every chain is broken loose and God gets the victory. They were shouting. Paul and Silas had a shout. They had a praise. It was powerful. (laughs) Amen. Powerful praise can break the bondage of the enemy. But what are your giants saying to you? We all have situations that Satan wants to use against us. Naomi lost everything. So did Job. Elijah got depressed. So did David. Abraham and Sarah couldn't have a child. Neither could Hannah. I mean, no, you're not alone. Everybody faces giants. Everybody faces giants. So he said, I'm going to go out and get that thing. So then Saul said, you are not able to go out against this Philistine to fight him. You're only a little young man. And he's been a warrior since his youth. David said to Saul, your servant was tending a father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came, took, I took the lamb out of the, uh, to take the lamb out of the flock, I busted him into chops. That's not King James. That's Pastor Ron paraphrased. Said I went out after it and I attacked it and I rescued the lamb from the mouth, from the mouth, right? From its mouth. And, and when it rose up against me, I seized it by its whiskers. Wow. And, and I struck it and I killed it. I love the Bible. So powerful. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God. That's some powerful talk right there. David said, Lord, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he's going to rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, Hey, okay, okay, okay. I'm convinced. Go and may the Lord bless you. Here, take my armor. (laughs) David tried to put on the armor, but it didn't work. I mean, oh, somebody else's methods are not going to help you. 
I mean, the world's methods are not going to help you. This culture has tried to do everything they can to make church something different. I mean, no, it's still the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what you try to do. I don't care how you change the stage. I don't care what you do with the lights. I mean, if the Holy Ghost doesn't show up, you're going to lose every battle you go up against. Trying to change according to the cultures of the world. Listen, it ain't about the flash. It ain't about uh, the music and, and the band and, and this and that. It's not about us at all. How many know it's the Holy Spirit? The reason we have a worship team is to usher in the presence of God. And how many know when the presence of God comes in, everything changes. There's power there. It wasn't about David. Just a little scrawny little boy. So, everybody has issues. Joseph was sold into slavery. So was I. So was you, right? We got to shout back to the giants of intimidation. Here's another another one right here. Never go looking for giants. Just be ready when they show up. <laughs> David wasn't looking. He was just taking cheese and crackers to the brothers. And when he got there, man, he heard all the commotion and all the talk. He said, what's going on here? Who's that? And why is he defying our God? And why are y'all shaking over here in your boots? Saul, what are you doing? You're the king, anointed to serve. Go out and take out this guy. Why do you need incentives? I don't need nothing. I don't even need your armor, Saul. I'm going to go out and take him. (laughs) We got to learn how to win in the training room before you ever get on the field. David was faithful in the small things. Whatever his father told him to do, he did. If it means taking crackers and cheese out to the soldiers, that's what he did. And he just so happened to be at the right place. When nobody else was willing to stand up, David stood up. I mean, no, you don't have to be the biggest and the brightest and the best. He already knew that because his five brothers, right, his brothers, they were all standing in line. Jesse didn't even call him from the field to be a candidate. But when Samuel saw little David, he said, this is the one. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. And he poured the oil on him and said, this is God's man. A teenager, 25 years before he got into the palace, he was already there. Why? Because he knew how to fight. He knew how to fight. He knew how to fight bears and lions. And this giant was nothing else intimidating him. Amen? So his brothers were there. (laughs) Send this food to your brothers who were in the army. You can look at it, 1 Samuel 17, 17 and 18. He was just trying to help. What's the point, Pastor? It's foolish to think you can prepare to fight a giant at the last moment without any preparation time. I mean, it starts with small things, small wins. Hey, just learn how to praise him with your mouth before you try to shout at him with a spear. Just try to read your Bible. How many of still pays to read your Bible? There are people telling us today, Bible reading is outdated. I say it's the only salvation we have. People today are saying worship is outdated. I'm telling you, it's the only salvation we have. Keep shouting, keep reading, keep praying, keep giving, keep going to church. If we get, if we get out of church, man, it won't take long for the enemy to slice you up, spit you out. Stay faithful, stay consistent. With your daily routine, 
even when others don't see it as important. They have pastors today are getting it from every angle. They're telling us that we're irrelevant. We're irrelevant. You don't have enough. If you're not growing, and the ones that are growing, it looks like they're compromising. Not all of them, but I've seen a bunch of them. Can I tell you, if I have to dance like the world, look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, I'm not interested in growing. But how many know if the Holy Ghost is able to help us, we will preach the word, we will worship, we'll read the Bible, teach the Bible, baptize believers, we'll go on a mission, we will work for God, and God, the Holy Ghost, will bless his church. You don't have to be like the world. Not going to get Pastor Ron to get skinny jeans on. I can't fit in them anyway. I've seen pastors who put on T-shirts with holes in them, jeans with holes in them, little little leather jackets and spike their little bit of hair, and they're 65, 70 years old. I mean, you got to act your age. If you're that, if you're that much of a man pleaser, a woman pleaser, that you've got to go act like a teeny, teeny bopper teenager uh, so that you can impress somebody, I'm too old to play that. Not going to get that at Old Grove. Well, Pastor, you're irrelevant. No, I'm not. I mean, it's the same Bible here as it's always been. Pastor Ron don't plan to change the message after 20 years here. He don't have to plan to change the message. You might have different methods of winning different things that you can use as tools like Convoy of Hope and other things, right? But you never change your message to compromise. Never. Compromise is a bad deal. And the, and the effects of compromise, you don't find out till later on. A generation goes by. Then you find out. They never heard the word of the Lord, nor did they even know the ways of God. And Joshua's dead. That's a bad report right there. So never go looking for giants. They'll show up. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> David wasn't looking for trouble. He just found it. He needs some prep time. His confidence came from seeing God save him from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, and he believed God would save him from the Philistine. He's always using lesser moments to prepare you for big moments. God always uses smaller, lesser moments to prep you for bigger moments. But if you're not faithful in the small things, how many know he's not going to be able to use you in the bigger things? So stay faithful. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep giving. Stay faithful in this Goliath world. Keep a heart, a spirit like David. You ready to go some more? You ready to go home? You only got 10 minutes. I'm going to give you everything I got. Giants can, can never break us. They only reveal who we already are. What giants do. I'll tell you what God does. God longs to heal what you're willing to reveal. I mean, if you'll reveal it, God will heal it. But we listen to the lies of Satan, then we begin to believe them. Then we don't reveal them to God because Satan brings shame and he brings uh, all kinds of things on us to make us believe that we're not worthy. How I many know it's not because you're worthy that he died? He died because he loved you. You weren't worthy. You were valued. You were chosen. Amen? Salvation is a gift. It's not something you earned. And so you got to believe. Giants never make us or break us. They simply show us who we already are. He didn't become a hero in one day. He was born for the moment, anointed to take the victory. And who was the real giant that day is what I'm asking. Was it Goliath or was it David? Who was the real giant that day? And here's something else you want to be careful. Little David grew up, and I read to you Psalm 51. When he became king, all of a sudden the little giant 
the little boy giant who faced a big Goliath, transferred and became the Goliath that he faced. Now he is sending. He sent for Bathsheba. And then he sent for Uriah. Because how many know sin, when it fully matures, brings forth death? But he forgot that God also sins. And God sent Nathan the prophet. I mean, oh, <laughs> you can't ever get too big for your own britches. I mean, oh, God will always have somebody to talk to you. And God sent Nathan, and Nathan said, Thou art the man. And David said, I lost my perspective. I began to believe my press report. And so although I used to fight giants and take giants down, now I become the giant spirit of the world has got on me. I mean, oh, it's possible. I said, Oh, Grove, it's very possible. Beware lest little David turns into Goliath himself. Here's another one. That one was free. It wasn't even in my notes. Those who have never killed a giant always say, It can never be done. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. How many critics there are out there? How many, how many, uh, <laughs> I love to watch football. Football season is about to come in. It's not against God to watch football. It's against God to put football before God. Amen. Well, it was true anyway. So I watch football, and I'm what you call an armchair coach. If the coaches would listen to Pastor Ron, they would make it all the way to the Super Bowl. If they would just, if they don't hear me, I scream, I shout. They still don't hear me on the TV. They don't hear me. But if they would write me or email me, I could tell them. Tackle the man with the ball. It's not hard. Take the ball, run to the team. No, never mind. Uh, I'm just telling you, everybody's a professional when it comes to pastoring. Well, they tell you how to pastor. They can tell you how to, how to lead, worship. They can tell you how to be a children's pastor. They can tell you everybody's a professional. Everybody's got an opinion, and they never killed a giant. Professional giant killers who never killed a giant. And some of our institutions, listen to me, we can get so institutionalized in America that we fill up our institutions with educated people who never killed a giant. At Giant Killer University, you can have all the intellect about how to kill a giant, but if you never killed a giant, shut your mouth. You know, it could have been a lot of pastors other than me that pastored Oak Grove these last 20 years. Melissa and I are the ones. And since we're the ones, we're going to be the best pastor we can be. And we live in a city filled with pastors, rocket scientists, authors, geniuses, or so they think. But how I many know we're here in the will of God? And we know how to fight devils. We know how to fight <laughs> bears and lions. And tigers, oh my. And we'll protect God's people and have and will. You can thank us later. We've been anointed to serve. Amen? Goliath. And so it can be done. It's amazing who opposes you. When David started asking about the giant, his first opposition came from his own family. Eliab, his brother who was the first to stand before Samuel to be anointed, but it wasn't him God chose. Eliab, tall, bright, 
brilliant. Stood before Samuel. Samuel said, do you have any more? I know he's bulky. He's Mr. Hulk and he's genius, but he's not the one God's looking for. How many know God looks on the inward heart? It's man that looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Samuel said, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. Do you have any more? Jesse said, nah, not really. The one I have you really don't want. Go get him. This is the one. Full of courage. Red-headed, full of vinegar. Freckle-faced little hillbilly. Was he a hillbilly? He was in the hills of Israel, so he could have been a hillbilly. He could have been a Middle Eastern hillbilly, I'm telling you. All right. So people who uh, think that they're awesome, awesome and all of that, they know what they're doing. They're shaking in their boots. No courage at all, yet full of criticism to David. But David was anointed by God to lead the nation. Amen? Here's something else. Never adopt the enemy's methods. Never adopt the enemy's methods. It's broke. Not responding. Bless the Lord, they don't need it anyway. <laughs> what worked for Samuel or uh, for Saul uh, wouldn't work for David. He didn't need his armor. Amen. And so I'm so sick. I'm sick of bowing to artificial stuff called church these days. A lot of people are calling church, redefining church, calling it something else. But I think church is when God's people come together in one place to worship God, to hear the word. I'm glad we still have altars. I'm glad we still call for people to be saved. I'm, st I'm still glad that we have healing and miracles and God still speaks. I'm glad that people are getting baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. That's still joining the church. I mean, oh, the church is still moving. All this other artificial stuff, I don't care to have it. It's fluff. When I go to Andy's, how many ever go to Andy's? I feel like going after church right now. I feel it. I feel it on me. When I go to Andy's, I order a shake, chocolate shake. I tell them, please do not add any whipped topping or cherry. Take the chocolate stuff, fill it to the rim, and give me a big straw. I don't want any artificial stuff I'm paying for a chocolate shake, not a half a cup of whipped cream. Now, my coffee, totally different. <laughs> I want to have a cup of whipped cream in my coffee. Victory has nothing to do with your might or my might. It has nothing to do with your knowledge, with your experience, but God's power. It didn't matter how young David was, how small David was. It didn't matter how big or experienced Goliath was. How many know it was God who was going to give us the victory? And so the key was obedience, the favor of God. God's anointing brings supernatural power. We, we should focus on the size of our God, not the size of our problem. If you look at, at Goliath, he was massive. Nine feet tall, nine feet tall, nine inches. I mean, he's massive. Taller than any NBA player. Massive. And 300 pounds, 400 pounds. His armor, his armor was amazing all the way down to his, to his legs, everything, his helmet, his spear. Just, just the arrow on the, in the end of the spear was 20 pounds. Massive. From a worldly perspective, 
There's no way David could win. It's impossible. But how many know from God's perspective, he's the champion. If you give it to God, how many believe God will take care of it? We focus so much on our problem and not on our God. Greater is he that is in me. Amen? David made two observations about Goliath. He was uncircumcised. That means he was he was not belonging to God. He was uncircumcised. He said, this guy ain't even God. He's a Dagon worshiper. It's a Dagon worshiper. There's no Dagon has no power. Right? But we've elevated the world and their power, the world's system. I mean, the world doesn't have any power. Bunch of bullies. They're just a bunch of bullies. The system is just a, it's a bunch of shouting and talking, intimidating, censoring. Be quiet. You know what? You know what? The reason they want us to be quiet is because we're preaching truth. If we're not preaching truth, why are you worried about what we have to say? But we're preaching truth. And it's breaking through the darkness. It's piercing the darkness around the world. Amen? So they're trying to shut down the uh, the people who are preaching the truth. And he said he was a disgrace, a worshiper of Dagon. He never asked about Goliath's skills or his age, his social status. He didn't ask his IQ, his weight of his sword, the size of his spear. None of that mattered. All David wanted to do was exalt his God. And he was very upset that he was defying his God. So he took him, took him to battle. Don't put off till later what you need to do right now. Verse 32 and 33. David told Saul, let no man's heart fail. On account of this giant, I will go and fight him right now. Right now. Some of you, excuse me, some of you are putting off the battle, intimidated, afraid, scared. God's saying, go and attack it now. Maybe it's um, maybe it's a habit. Maybe there's a habit that's shouting in your ears. I mean, no, you need to take care of that today. You need to face that thing head on. Maybe it's a financial giant. Maybe it's some other healing, physical need, whatever it is. Don't put off tomorrow what you need to do today. David said, I'm not leaving here until he's dead. I don't know what was going through little David's mind. But I do know what went through Goliath's mind. A stone. Wow. And, and, uh, and he said, I'll go fight him right now. Saul said, you're just a kid. You're not able. It's the same thing that, that, that the Israelites, the other ten spies said, we're not able to take those giants. Remember that? But Caleb, Caleb and Joshua said, we, we are able. God's going to help us. So David said, sorry, too late. The devil already told me I was too young and I wasn't able. It's easy to be intimidated by the pressure of the world. There's a spirit of the world, a worldly spirit, a spirit of antichrist, trying to shout intimidation at us today. To the church saying we're not able. And many people are scared and full of fear. But it's not God's will. Chrissy, if you and your team would come. I'm not done, but but uh, I'm going to stop anyway. Here's the rest of it. Victory has nothing to do with your might. Focus on the size of your God, not the size of your problem. Never put off till later what you can do right now. Create your own shout of confidence in God. 
You come at me with a sword and javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. Know your real enemy and confront your giant today. That's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. David, David wasn't worried about Goliath. There are voices speaking to you this morning. I want everybody to stand if you would. Three voices. The voices from the pit or the basement. They're always critical. They're always from the pit of hell. They're always speaking lies and voices in your mind. Disaster, disease, depression, discouragement. All these voices kill, destroy. But then there's the voices from heaven. Healing and hope, peace and forgiveness. I mean, God's still speaking in the face of a shouting giant. I mean, we have a God who's still shouting to you. You're going to have the victory. It's your own voice is speaking to life and death are in the power of your tongue. Choose you this day. Stand when nobody else will. Stay faithful. Not sure what you're facing this morning. I can't believe we finished this soon with all that was going on today. But what are, what are you confessing? What are you shouting? Are, are you saying it is well with my soul? Are you saying, are you saying I, am, I am diseased? I am depressed? I am defeated? What are you saying? What are you hearing? I hope you heard today the words of faith. Confess daily, it is well with my soul. Come on, somebody say, it is well. It is well. Fill my mouth with praise, Lord. Fill my mouth with power. For the next seven days, I want you to fast. Fast your tongue. Fast negative words. If a negative word, I don't know what to do. Maybe... I don't want you to beat yourself in, in the head with a stick. But, but take a rubber band. Put a rubber band around your wrist. And every time a negative word comes out of your mouth, just pop yourself. Just pop it. Just pop yourself. Oh. I'm, I'm never going to pass this test. Pop. I can't make my bills. Pop. I'm not anointed. Pop. Sting yourself. Challenge yourself. Fast your tongue. Change the way you talk. Change the way you think. And if you do, it'll change the way you walk. Nobody wants to be self-defeated. Resist the spirit of Goliath in the world. God hears what you're saying to yourself. He hears what you're saying to others. So here's what we're going to do. The altars are open. We want to hear words of faith, words of courage, words of hope. Spirit words, words of life. Won't you say stuff like, I am blessed. My home is blessed. My life is blessed. My kids are blessed. Your confession matters. This is not name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. You're training your brain to learn how to speak, how to counterattack all the lies and all the things that you are believing and saying. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Father, we've watched David be willing to stand in the face of adversity. Little David with a giant faith, willing to do what nobody else would. Even when David faced failure, 
He began to believe his own press report. You still helped him to say, create in me.